Chapter 38 of The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Chapter 38 Making them pins was a distressed tough job, and so was the saw and jim allowed the inscription was going to be the toughest of all that's the one which the prisoner has to scrabble on the wall but he had to have it tom said he'd got to there warn't no case of a state prisoner not scrabbling his inscription to leave behind and his coat of arms look at lady jane gray he says look at guilford dudley look at old northumberland why huck s'pose it is considerable trouble what you going to do how you going to get around it jim's got to do his inscription and coat of arms they all do jim says why mars tom i ain't got no coat of arm i ain't got nothing but this year old shirt and you know i got to keep the journal on that oh you don't understand jim a coat of arms is very different well i says jim's right anyway when he says he ain't got no coat of arms because he ain't i reckon i knowed that tom says but you bet he'll have one before he goes out of this because he's going out right there ain't going to be no flaws on his record so whilst me and jim filed away at the pens on a brick bat apiece jim a-making his'n out of the brass and i'm making mine out of the spoon tom set to work to think out the coat of arms by and by he said he'd struck on so many good ones he didn't hardly know which to take but there was one which he reckoned he'd decide on he says on the scutcheon we'll have a bend oar in the dexter base a saltier murray in the fess with a dog couchant for a common charge and under his foot a chain embattled for slavery with a chevron vert and a chief engrailed and three invected lines on a field azure with the nombril points rampant on a dance set indented crest a runaway nigger sable with his bundle over his shoulder on a bar sinister and a couple of ghouls for supporters which is you and me motto maggiore fretta minore otto got it out of a book means the more haste the less speed gee willikins i says but what does the rest of it mean we ain't got no time to bother over that he says we got to dig in like all get out well anyway i says what's some of it what's a fess a fess a fess is you don't need to know what a fess is i'll show him how to make it when he gets to it shucks tom i says i think you might tell a person what's a bar sinister oh i don't know but he's got to have it all the nobility does that was just his way if it didn't suit him to explain a thing to you he wouldn't do it you might pump at him a week it wouldn't make no difference he'd got all that coat of arm business fixed so now he started in to finish up the rest of that part of the work which was to plan out a mournful inscription said jim got to have one like they all done he made up a lot and wrote em out on a paper and read them off so one here a captive heart busted two here a poor prisoner forsook by the world and friends fretted his sorrowful life three here a lonely heart broke and a worn spirit went to its rest after thirty-seven years of solitary captivity 
four here homeless and friendless after thirty-seven years of bitter captivity perished a noble stranger natural son of louis fourteen tom's voice trembled whilst he was reading them and he most broke down when he got done he couldn't no way make up his mind which one for jim to scrabble on to the wall they was all so good but at last he allowed he would let him scrabble them all on jim said it would take him a year to scrabble such a lot of truck onto the logs with a nail and he didn't know how to make letters besides but tom said he would block them out for him and then he wouldn't have nothing to do but just follow the lines then pretty soon he says come to think of it the logs ain't a-going to do they don't have log walls in a dungeon we got to dig the inscriptions into a rock we'll fetch a rock jim said the rock was worse than the logs he said it would take him such a pison long time to dig them into a rock he wouldn't ever get out but tom said he would let me help him do it then he took a look to see how me and jim was getting along with the pins it was most pesky tedious hard work and slow and didn't give my hands no show to get well of the sores and we didn't seem to make no headway hardly so tom says i know how to fix it we got to have a rock for the coat of arms and mournful inscriptions and we can kill two birds with that same rock there's a gaudy big grindstone down at the mill and we'll smooch it and carve the things on it and file out the pins and the saw on it too it warn't no slouch of an idea and it warn't no slouch of a grindstone nother but we allowed we'd tackle it it warn't quite midnight yet so we cleared out for the mill leaving jim at work we smooched the grindstone and set out to roll her home but it was a most nation tough job sometimes do what we could we couldn't keep her from falling over and she coming mighty near mashing us every time tom said she was going to get one of us sure before we got through we got her halfway, and then we was plumb played out and most drowned with sweat we see it warn't no use we got to go and fetch jim so he raised up his bed and slid the chain off the bed leg and wrapped it round and round his neck and we crawled out through our hole and down there and jim and me laid into that grindstone and walked her along like nothing and tom superintended he could out superintend any boy i ever see he knowed how to do everything our hole was pretty big but it warn't big enough to get the grindstone through but jim he took the pick and soon made it big enough then tom marked out them things on it with the nail and set jim to work on em with the nail for a chisel and a iron bolt from the rubbage and the lean-to for a hammer and told him to work till the rest of his candle quit on em and then he could go to bed and hide the grindstone under his straw tick and sleep on it then we helped him fix his chain back on the bed leg and was ready for bed ourselves but tom thought of something and says you got any spiders in here jim no sir thanks to goodness i ain't mars tom all right we'll get you some but bless you honey i don't want none i's afeard on em i just as soon have rattlesnakes around tom thought for a minute or two and says it's a good idea and i reckon it's been done it must have been done it stands to reason yes it's a prime good idea where could you keep it keep what mars tom why a rattlesnake to goodness gracious alive mars tom why if they was a rattlesnake to come in here i'd take and bust em right out through that log wall i would with my head why jim you wouldn't be afraid of it after a little you could tame it tame it 
Yes, easy enough. Every animal is grateful for kindness and petting, and they wouldn't think of hurting a person that pets them. Any book will tell you that. You try. That's all I ask. Just try for two or three days. Why, you can get him so in a little while that he'll love you and sleep with you and won't stay away from you for a minute, and will let you wrap him around your neck and put his head in your mouth. Please, Mars Tom, don't talk so I can't stand it. He let me shove his head in my mouth for a favor, ain't it? I lay he'd wait a powerful long time for I asked him. And more than that, I don't want him to sleep with me. Jim, don't act so foolish. A prisoner's got to have some kind of a dumb pet, and if a rattlesnake ain't ever been tried, why, there's more glory to be gained in your being the first to ever try it than any other way you could ever think of to save your life. Why, Mars Tom, I don't want no... No such glory. Snake taken by Jim's chin off, then where's the glory? No, sir, I don't want no such doings. Blame it, can't you try? I only want you to try. You needn't keep it up if it don't work. But the trouble all done if the snake bite me while I's a trying him. Mars Tom, I's willing to tackle most anything. It ain't unreasonable. But if you and Huck fetches a rattlesnake in here for me to tame, I's going to leave. That's sure. Well, then, let's go. If you're so bullheaded about it, we can get you some garter snakes, and you can tie some buttons on their tails and let on their rattlesnakes, and I reckon that'll have to do. I can stand them, Mars Tom, but blame if I couldn't get along without em, I tell you that. I never knowed before it was so much bother and trouble to be a prisoner. Well, it always is when it's done right. You got any rats around here? No, sir, I ain't seen none. Well, we'll get you some rats. Why, Mars Tom, I don't want no rats. They'd a dad blaming his creatures to disturb a body and rustle round over him and bite his feet while he's trying to sleep I ever see. No, sir, give me yard of snakes if I's got to have em, but don't give me no rats. I ain't got no use for em, scarcely. But, Jim, you got to have em. They all do, so don't make no more fuss about it. Prisoners ain't ever without rats. There ain't no instance of it. And they train them and pet em, and they learn em tricks, and they get to be as sociable as flies. But you got to play music to them. You got anything to play music on? I ain't got nothing but a coast comb and a piece of paper and a juice hop. But I reckon they wouldn't take no stock in a juice harp. Yes, they would. They don't care what kind of music it is. A juice harp's plenty good enough for a rat. All animals like music. In a prison, they dote on it. Especially painful music. And you can't get no other kind out of a juice harp. It always interests them. They come out to see what's the matter with you. Yes, you're all right. You're fixed very well. You want to sit on your bed nights before you go to sleep and early in the mornings and play your juice harp. Play The Last Link is Broken. That's the thing that'll scoop a rat quicker than anything else. And when you've played about two minutes, you'll see all the rats and the snakes and spiders and things begin to feel worried about you and come. And they'll just fairly swarm all over you and have a noble good time. Yes, they will, I reckon, Mars Tom, but what kind of time is Jim having? Blessed if I can see the pint. But I'll do it if I got to. I reckon I better keep the animals satisfied and not have no trouble in the house. Tom waited to think it over and see if there wasn't nothing else. And pretty soon he says, Oh, there's one thing I forgot. 
Could you raise a flower here, do you reckon? I don't know, but maybe I could, Mars Tom, but it's tolerable dark in here, and I ain't got no use for no flower no how, and she'd be a powerful side of trouble. Well, you try it anyway. Some other prisoners has done it. One of them big cattail-looking mullein stalks would grow in here, Mars Tom, I reckon, but she wouldn't be worth half the trouble she'd cost. Don't you believe it. We'll fetch you a little one, and you plant it in the corner over there and raise it. And don't call it mullein. Call it Picciola. That's its right name when it's in a prison. And you want to water it with your tears. Why, I got plenty of spring water, Mars Tom. You don't want spring water. You want to water it with your tears. It's the way they always do. Why, Mars Tom, I lay I can raise one of them mullein stalks twice with spring water whilst another man startin' one with tears. That ain't the idea. You got to do it with tears. She'll die on my hands, Mars Tom. She surely will, case I don't scarcely ever cry. So Tom was stumped, but he studied it over and then said Jim would have to worry along the best he could with an onion. He promised he would go to the nigger's cabin and drop one private in Jim's coffee pot in the morning. Jim said he would just soon have tobacco in his coffee and found so much fault with it, and with the work and bother of raising the mullin and Jews harping the rats and pettin' and flattering up the snakes and spiders and things, on top of all the other work he had to do on the pens and inscriptions and journals and things, which made it more trouble and worry and responsibility to be a prisoner than anything he ever undertook, that Tom most lost all patience with him, and said he was just loading down with more gaudier chances than a prisoner ever had in the world to make a name for himself, and yet he didn't know enough to appreciate them, and they was just about wasted on him. So Jim said he was sorry, and said he wouldn't behave so no more, and then me and Tom shoved for bed. End of chapter 38